Yeti, Yeti. Yeti, Yeti. Yeti. Okay. Okay. I need to actually go grab my first beer. So, BRB. Keep the listeners entertained. It's time for a drinking song, everyone. So, keep driving. Um, Keep taking care of those kiddos, but pop a beer open with me. Because that is where we are today. Um, All right, boys and girls, cheers. Uh, Just make sure you're over 21. So, that's my theory of divine intervention. (laughs) And, okay. Hey. Hey! He's doing this and saying, like, he, like, grabs your boob and he goes, I can heal people. <laughs> That's what he says. Why does that work for him and not me? Uh, one, no one I don't believe you could heal a person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have Welcome to We Talk About Dead People, a podcast where we talk about dead people. I'm your host, Aaron C., and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, James D. Say hi, James. We're sponsored by Cheez-Its. <laughs> Those <laughs> golden little squares you can shove up your nose. Yeah, those are the ones. We hope to keep our listeners entertained and interested while we break down the uh, uh, various members of the Odd and Exciting... I still haven't gotten used to the new script, sorry. Uh, While we break down various members of the Odd and Exciting family, that is humanity. The way this works is that James and I will do our amateurs best to give a basic account of the major events in the life of a now-dead person and give a fairly accurate depiction of their individual character, which is harder to do, but we're going to try anyway. So, James, who do we have this week? Drumroll, please. My ass. Now that's a sordid story. I know, but we have to do it. So here we. Uh, no, no, no. We're not starting this episode talking about your ass. Okay, that's that's fine. Uh, but why not? Because it's uh, a little closer, James. Okay, it's time to talk about Rasputin. Oh shit. Oh yeah, baby. It's the long-awaited Rasputin drunk episode brought to you by our buddy boy. Ryan Crum! Nice! Yes, he is a nice guy. I've talked to him, only briefly, but he seems super cool. And he is like an official sponsor of We Talk About Dead People at this point. Mm. Like, literally paid for a full episode, like, one-time donation. He's not even a patron. He is just one straight-up awesome lad who decided to sponsor the Rasputin Drunkisode. And our yacht. Yes. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, he definitely sent enough for at least a small yacht. <laughs> a yak yacht. Uh, oh, you said a yak. I thought you said a yacht. No, it's a yak yacht. Oh, right. A yak with yachts on it or a yacht made from yaks? A yacht made... F- <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even drank anything yet. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, if you're a psychopath like some of our listeners or one of our listeners, light up that reefer and take a long drag, baby. If you're plain old reprobates like us, get your booze ready, because we're going back to Russia! Oh, yeah! One man, one country, one world war, and a world of adventure. Grigory Rasputin, 
a priest who enraptured, mystified, and changed the entire world in the 20th century and forever into time beyond. No, James, tell me. Mm -hmm. If you mm -hmm. could become an expert in anything right now, immediately, what mm -hmm. would you choose? Sailing. You're still thinking about the yak. I want to sail. <laughs> I want to sail. You know, sailing's, it's like a dance on the water. Mm-hmm. But alone. It's, I want to sail. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, I'm going to start drinking no, now. Wait, wait, Is that you, okay? you have to ask oh, me. Oh, 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 you, oh, okay. We haven't been so, doing this for <laughs> over a hundred episodes. For you to just forget. So, shh, 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 shh. So tell me, Aaron, if you could become an expert in anything right now, immediately, what would you choose? Sailing. <laughs> Goddamn. Plagiarism. Uh, I think I would become an expert in robbing banks. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we weren't already flagged, we're flagged now. Oh yeah, definitely. So let's say we let's say we pop open them beers. I already did. Oh. You you missed that. When you left to go get your beer, me and the listeners were popping some cold boys open with the, the beer. My god. <laughs> Alright, so I, I think to start off, we should drink a toast to our boy Ryan Crumb mm. for his contribution mm -hmm. to We Talk About Dead People. And well, cheer, cheers, buddy. Yes, cheers, buddy. Here's to you. I raise my beer. And let us drink. Oh, damn, it's good. What you got on your end there, Jamesy? I've got a six-pack of Guinness, and if uh, if that runs out, I've got a, got a few other little treasures in my treasure trove. Oh, God. I've got... Oh. What? Well, so, just so we're all clear, I got three hours of sleep last night, and instead of taking a nap like a good Christian boy, I just pounded the caffeine. Mm. Uh, and I... It, <laughs> this is this is going to be a, a real moment right now mm. for both of us to show just how open we are to listeners. But it's Friday night, 6 p.m., and instead of having a social life, the two of us are getting <laughs> drunk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, via Skype. <laughs> Not even really together. Yep. yep, it was different and better when we were together, but th this will... Eh, yeah, this will be okay. But, well, until I threw up and didn't remember it the next day. Oh my but... god! <laughs> but hey, you were the asshole who went and got another one when we finished. <laughs> That's true. Wait, maybe you even got two. I don't remember. Probably. I don't. I do not remember that night. Oh my god! I couldn't believe how blasted you got. Oh Jesus! No. Anyway, so I'm I'm drinking my classic Voodoo Ranger Juicy Haze IPA. Um, around here we just call those Democrats. Yeah. Well, basically. <laughs> Juicy haze. Uh, so, I say, now that we've taken our first drinks and we're ready to rock, mm. shall we have the computer? Please bring up Grigory Yefimovich Rasputin. Affirmative, my lord. Okay. So <laughs> Your line. <laughs> right. So, Aaron, tell me. What is Rasputin best known for? I'm glad you asked, James. Rasputin Good. is best known for being an absolute unit, prophet, wizard, you name it. This guy was everything David Miscavige wants to be and more. Mm. 
So a good person. Yeah, a very, very good person. Excellent. Okay. So good. Now, um... <laughs> How far uh, are you in, really? Uh, though? <laughs> well, here, here's the thing, and... We are an auditory platform, but nevertheless, we keep posting these pictures, and they're real delights, I, I will say. Um, <clears throat> this is a guy... So tell me, tell me, and the listeners, what, what this dude looks like. I mean, I'll just describe the picture, basically. Yeah. Um, because it's a fucking killer picture. Mm -hmm. And in the picture, I actually cropped out the person sitting next to him. Oh. Uh, who is a major character in this story. Oh, shit. Yeah, we'll be talking about her a lot. So anyway, <clears throat> let me just tell you about the first time I saw a picture of Rasputin, all right? Mm -hmm. So the first time I saw a picture of Rasputin, two things passed through my brain simultaneously. What were those two things? One, this guy looks like the military-grade Tommy Wiseau. Mm. Uh, two, maybe he is actually Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. So, okay, so he doesn't actually look like Tommy Wiseau. He just has lots of hair. Um, yeah. And that's partially why I can't say he looks like Tommy Wiseau, because he has so much hair! Mm. Like... God damn, this is a hairy lad. He's got a big, bushy beard, obviously, but also, like, George McFly hair down over his eyes. And he couldn't be bothered to cut it because he was busy killing people with his absolutely massive shelf of a brow line. Mm. Yes. And, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, were you going to say something? No, I okay. wasn't. Okay. <laughs> While we're on the topic of killing people, though... Mm. Um, Rasputin could definitely shoot laser blasts from his eyes and frequently did it to piss off the communists. No doubt. No. Fucking 20 pound howitzer, this boy. Yeah. Yeah. He was a big guy. Okay, well, I I'm ready for this. Yes. We're about to talk about one of the most legendary figures in Russian history. Mm. In fact, I picked up, I was, I was at Half Price Books today with my very good friend, Zach, and my other very good friend, Taylor. Made up people. And Made up people. Don't believe um, And I was, I like wandered off and started, well, Zach and I were like picking through some history books and mm -hmm. I picked up a couple of World War One books and each of them had a section on, on Rasputin and how oh, he basically oh. made the world into what it is today by being absolutely nuts. All right, well, let's dive into this. I'm done with my first beer, so I'm going to open up a second. Holy fuck. I've taken, like, two sips of mine. I've already lost my beer. Op oh, there it is. <laughs> okay, I'll take another drink. Mm. Since, wow, nice hiss. Must have dropped that one down the uh, old chute. <laughs> and you're about to drop it down your old chute. <laughs> Why can't I open it? <laughs> Oh, you have a little trouble over there? Help! Help, I'm an old man! Aren't they twist-off? Okay, no, they're not twist-off. Guinness I'm, isn't... I'm not scum. Okay, alright. <laughs> I thought, you know, a low-grade brew like Guinness would be twist-off. Wow. Wow, <laughs> you think you know someone. Then <laughs> <laughs> that too, Brute, okay. <laughs> the gloves are off. <laughs> You slammed yeah. one beer and the gloves are off. <laughs> All right, uh, so should we talk about Rasputin's early life? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, <clears throat> as we all know, Rasputin definitely came from another planet. Mm. Um, but the official narrative is that in 19... Not, sorry, not 19, not 19. 1869, nice. He was born <laughs> in a dinky village in Siberia to a couple of peasants named Yefim and Anna. Okay. Which is great! 
Why? <laughs> is it? Uh, it's good. He okay. was born. He survived. I mean, what's oh. even better? Yeah. Okay. And what's even better is that Rasputin actually survived his childhood. Oh, shit. Um, and, of course, better being a relative term. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. Unlike his seven other siblings. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, he lost seven children, so... Or not children, brothers and sisters. My God, sorry. Maybe children. Uh, well, <laughs> we'll see about that. Yes, things are hard in Pokrovskia. Pokrovskia. Because it's in Siberia. And it's Siberia in the 1860s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> Rasputin and his family, whoever was alive any given Sunday, uh, were poor, illiterate, and again, poor, which is tough. <laughs> and for a little lad like Rasputin, who's just trying to get by and, ha- and you know, sort of grow up to change the world, yeah. uh, this village, Pokrovskoya, is a little boring. Um, sure. Well, we- <laughs> yeah, the name. I-, I got that from the name. Okay, so P-Town, basically. Yep. Um, so we actually have a record of Rasputin acting uh, kind of like the trailer park boys. <laughs> um, there's some evidence that he stole a horse, among other things, um, and that he was also kind of a dick to the village leadership. Surprising. From a young age, so just uh, a little uh, little upstart. You know, I'll give him that, because if you survive uh, your childhood in Siberia in the 1860s, you, you get that. You get that privilege. You do get a little, a little uh, bitch pass, I guess. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but that's about all we know about Rasputin's actual childhood, hmm. uh, because he's a peasant, um, mm-hmm. and there's just no record of peasants' goings on, you know, on an individual level. Yeah. Um, so his time and memories in Pokrovskia uh, have been lost to the destructive wave of time. Hmm. Rumor turned to legend, legend turned to myth, and Rasputin's childhood was lost, just like his dead brothers and sisters. A little. Not exactly the same, but close enough. <laughs> Wrinkles! Yep. What? <laughs> just what the, the hell? The passing time just made me think of wrinkles. God damn it. Okay, so, <clears throat> when he was 17, mm-hmm. Rasputin left home mm. and courted another peasant girl named... Proskovia Dubrovina. Saucy. I became Italian there for a second, sorry. Um, yeah, they actually got married after a few months. Sure. Um, and Rasputin is known for his uh, speed and cunning uh, in re- dating relationships, uh, thanks to Ooh. a plus 10 <laughs> persuasion buff he got by grinding side missions in the hub world of oh. P-Town. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so no doubt it was, it was no different with uh, Proskovia, who... Married Rasputin, which is a I'll impress thing. her for by how nimble I am. Yes, <laughs> he was doing gymnastics, That's and cartwheels, right? And yeah, just imagine Rasputin doing cartwheels like and that just makes your day. <laughs> <laughs> I would marry him. Uh, so they're married, mm-hmm. and it will be until death do they part. So, um, spoiler alert. <laughs> They will stay married. Necessarily a good thing. Well, you don't know yet. I don't. You don't know anything about Rasputin. Well, okay, sure. (laughs) So yeah, it's good to know uh, this that they stayed married before we really get into this shit. Like this whole time, there was this other woman back in Siberia on a farm. Shit. Just just remember her every now and then as we go through here. Okay. Um. So Rasputin and Praskovia lived on a farm, like you do. And they had seven children together. Oh, all right. Well, uh, yep. Yeah, hold up. I know you're all wondering how many of these kids actually made it to adulthood, and I'm going to tell you, mm-hmm. all seven of them. Uh, oh, okay. Except well... for the four that died. <laughs> uh, 
okay. So, better than his parents did. Yeah, he's got a good batting average. <laughs> we're, we're doing better, Siberia. We're making yeah. steps. I'd like to meet the ancestors of, of or not the ancestors, but the, the uh, uh, line of Rasputin. That would be an interesting thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, Rasputin was not a terribly religious man. Um, he had been christened at birth, but he had other shit to think about, like weeds and shovels and Siberian winters and, you know, like firewood. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, and while Rasputin is just farming his ass off, something happens. Mm-hmm. He leaves. Mm. Why? Any ideas? Uh, okay, so he leaves his present town? Yes. Uh, what year is this? Yeah, about mm. 1880s? 90s, somewhere in there. Yeah, it's like 1880s, 90s. Um, I'm guessing he's either looking for work, or the Kazakhs are raiding, or... Uh... Yeah, I mean... Disney those World. Are not, those, oh yeah, Disney World. Those are not bad guesses. Okay. Um, and we don't really know for sure, but it's one of two things. Ah, uh, trick question. So, Rasputin claims he's had some kind of vision. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. And was compelled to go on a pilgrimage to... Somewhere. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, my wife didn't find that one. Uh... <laughs> Not a good excuse. No. <laughs> uh, he wants to go to some monastery, I guess. Okay. Um, but the other thing that could have happened is that he stole another horse and fled town to avoid punishment. The same difference. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so let's go with the vision thing, because that's sure. more interesting. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So he had a, vi- a vision of the Virgin Mary or of Saint Simeon. I mean, seems like a big difference. No, no, they look exactly alike. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, big so, bushy beard, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so uh. the either Virgin Mary or Saint Simeon said to Rasputin in his vision, which he had while he was asleep, I think. So okay. I don't know how you differentiate that from just a regular ass dream. Yeah. Um, they told him he had to go off and become a monk. Mm. Uh, and this is a really big deal because he's got a family to feed. Sure. This isn't like today where married men just travel places all the time and their wives can take the kids to soccer like no big deal. No. It's like a man on a farm is a man on a farm. Yeah. And losing that resource is going to take a big toll on the homestead. Um, but surprisingly, mom is cool with it, apparently mm. because she believes Rasputin's vision. It's funny how they always do that. Hmm. The, the significant others, they're always like, oh, sure, darling. Yep. Well, I mean, hang on. What are you going to say? Like, you're taking care of, like, you know, three to seven kids <laughs> at any given Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, your guy says, hey, I'm going to, like, go become a monk. I'll send a check. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if he's sending a check, yes. Go off to monk school. I don't give a fuck. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like if I were in that position, I would be like, yeah, man, whatever. Okay. Like, mm-hmm, I got your so. vision. Yeah. I believe you. Don't hurt me. <laughs> right. Anyway, so Rasputin goes to the St. Nicholas Monastery. And remember also, here's another point on that, they're peasants. Yeah. They're uneducated, (laughs) they're literally illiterate, all of them. They're already Uh, on borrowed time, so... uh, Well, they believe in things like superstitions and and visions and things like that. And Mm -hmm. something like this, you know, big in the village, Rasputin comes out one day and he's like, I've had a vision from God. I must travel afar outside of my village. Like, everyone's going to go, oh, wow, this must be significant because nobody leaves the village. (laughs) True. So 
Rasputin does it. He leaves and he goes to the St. Nicholas Monastery in 1897, hmm. where he meets an elderly, elder, elderly, an elderly named Makery, <laughs> Makery. Okay. Which is like a person named Zachary, but they look like a hamburger anyway. Well, here's... yeah, I just picture a Scottish dude. That... Yeah. <laughs> Macquarie. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so here, with the help of Macquarie, he learns to read and write, mm. which, again, big deal for a peasant. So definitely not a Scottish dude. I take that back. Oh, man, you're just, you're already there. You're already <laughs> insulting the Scots. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just finished my second beer, so it's about that Jesus, time. Jesus, easy. <laughs> Um, okay, so he learned to read and write, but he's also not all that happy with the monks. Sure. Um, because he believes they're massively gay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, literally gay. Fair. Well, I'm I'm with him there. I mean, he, he's in a monastery. Homosexuality is still against the rules back then. Yeah, um, but... So, what? <laughs> if there's no... If there's... You're really struggling n- never with mind. third beer. No, I'm not. I'm just... <laughs> I'm still I'm I'm at the point where I can censor myself still, so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna cross out those sentences that almost came out of my mouth, and uh, let's keep this train rolling. Uh, for future sentences such as that, say them and I'll just edit them out. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, then it's a good thing. Um, like well, hell, I will. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it makes sense if you've got no poontang in the mosque, then um, you're gonna start. Fucking the Lord's boys. I don't know. That's just how it goes. The Lord's boys. <laughs> I'm uh, marking. I'm marking. <laughs> why? Don't mark that. So anyway, he's like got a problem with the monks being gay and all whatever. Um, yeah. And he might be right. That kind of thing is clearly not unprecedented in the church. <laughs> sure. So nonetheless, Rasputin's experience at the monastery changed him. He had a new lease on life, a new spiritual pathway, and a dirty black cassock to boot. Okay. He adopts a disheveled look uh, as the result of his new outlook on life, which was sober-minded and a bit more zealous than he used to be. Hmm. Which is to say, actually zealous. Like, because before he was just a farmer who had been christened at birth, and that was kind of it. Yeah. Um, but, like, he vowed he would never drink again. Okay. Um, so that's why we're doing this episode on him. Right. Uh, he stopped eating meat. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so he also organized his days around his prayers. Sure. So he became a... I, I've met this kid in college. <laughs> they grew up so Oh, fast. they're so <laughs> annoying. <laughs> uh. So he became a wandering holy man mm-hmm. and went from town to town, possibly even ending up in Greece. Hmm. His ascetic behavior and look and his striking eyes attracted people to him about as well as you might expect from a sober-minded and deep-thinking wanderer. Mm-hmm. Right? He's going from village to village, you know, like, talking about meaningful things. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, hold on here. We've we've covered similar characters at this point, and they're no joke. Like, this really reminds me of Peter the Hermit, who was, like, the same disheveled mess, and yet people listened to their quote-unquote wisdom so much that he led the people's crusade and then partially the first crusade like this is it sounds like a joke but it's no joke well i mean it's like say you're running for president and for uh, you know a rally or whatever you take off your tie and you roll up your sleeves so you can look like the working man right you know in this case it's like you look like a disheveled wanderer who might know some mystical things and you have crazy eyes you know 
Um, so George Bush won. That's exactly how he won. Yeah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Uh oh, we're getting political. Oh, oh boy, oh fuck, we're getting political. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's a little bit, it's a little like sabotage Eli, um, mm-hmm. but uh, he's he, you know, and he gets his little group of followers, and they're made up of other illiterate peasants, okay. and most of them are from his home village. All right. Mm-hmm. They're just like, there's something to this Rasputin guy. I'm just a bumblefuck farmer, and oh my god, that guy's got the wisdom of the Lord. Let's follow him. So you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, it makes sense. Yeah, so... Well, and it gives your life some fucking meaning. Yeah. Remember, you're a peasant. You're a Slav. You know, this is... <laughs> it's the lowest you can get. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway... He's going on these little trips, just going around gathering up followers and preaching the Lord's mm-hmm. the Lord's will or whatever. And he's gone for months, sometimes years. Hmm. But one day he comes back and he decides he's gonna build a chapel. Okay. Sure. And in true useless bastard trail fashion, he builds it in his dad's cellar. <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, where the fuck else are you gonna put that thing? <laughs> What, do you just put a podium up and call it a, a done deal? I mean, uh, Or do basically. you actually have the steeple, like, sticking through the floorboards? <laughs> Everyone comes inside, there's just part of a steeple in the middle of the kitchen floor. Dad's trying to make coffee, and he, like, cracks a mug on it. Fuck. <laughs> Fucking kid. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Rasputin starts holding very secretive prayer meetings in mm. his dad's basement. Yeah. Which is something more young sh- young men should do these yeah. days. For being honest, they should be holding prayer meetings in your uh, dad's basement. Yeah, it's something we lost. Yeah, yeah. So if you're gonna live in your your parents' basement, uh, don't play Minecraft. Make a shrine and worship the Lord with your friends. Yep, yep. <laughs> but because these meetings were so damn secretive, people started to wonder just what the hell was going on down there. Rumors started Fair. to spread that Rasputin was getting busy with the female followers of the group. Oh shit. Yeah. I mean, so okay. Wait, this we've ha- never we've never seen that before. Never seen it before. <laughs> never before. No. Um he- here's the thing. Um sometimes those things are rumors. Sometimes we just don't know, but these rumors spread out, you know, come out of nowhere like Rasputin looked at that woman for too long. He must be banging her. Well, any um, outsider in your society is gonna be subject to rumors. No, this is his hometown, dude. Still, yeah, but he's he's a weirdo. Oh, that's true. Like he's playing D and D with the boys down in the basement, and then right. he invites a couple gals over, and it's like, oh shit, mm-hmm. he's gonna roll a high number on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what character do you think Rasputin would have in in D and D? Wouldn't he be his own? I guess so. Yeah, race. A, a Rasputin. Rasputin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, stories about wild cultic orgies in this cellar spread far and wide in the tiny village. Sure. Um, of course, there was no, like, actual evidence for any of this. It's mostly hearsay. Mm. Um, and like I said, these are honestly the typical rumors you hear about this kind of thing. Yeah. They closed yeah. the doors and said I couldn't come in. They must be banging each other in there. <laughs> Dios mio! <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, we've heard that before. Yeah. Uh, just a moral panic. Like, yeah. ah, this weird guy's in town. He's banging people. Ah! Mm. Yep. You good? 
it's just I hear that every time I walk into the Wendy's bathroom. <laughs> it's the same stupid cry. Sorry, needed to take a third sip from my one beer. Third sip? I'm almost done with my third beer. I know, I gotta catch up to you, buddy. Mm-hmm. But remember, I'm the one telling the story. I gotta stay at least a little bit present. You gotta enunciate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will be, I will be hopefully at least a little drunk by the end of this drunk episode. That's the whole point, but I gotta get through this. Yeah. And there's, there's a line I want to follow with the story that I don't want to miss because I'm just a little bit saucy. Okay. Well, so, uh, he's in his basement. There are terrible yes. rumors. Okay. Yeah, and they start. So people in the village are starting to hear weird stories about this charismatic holy man. Hmm. And Rasputin seems to get the idea that this is a sign from God. Ah, uh, okay. It's time to move on and fry some bigger fish. Sure. So he goes to the much larger city of Kazan, um, which is like you know just a bigger venue basically for his holy man act, and he starts rubbing elbows with the local church leadership. Thank God it was only elbows. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So they really like him, like his mm-hmm. elbows. You know, they're like, man, those are good elbows. We could nice use a man pointy. like you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so there are rumors that he's enjoying quality time with some of the females in the group there, but no one cares about that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So he impresses the holy dudes in Kazan so much that they give him a letter of recommendation intended for the bishop at Nevsky Monastery. Wow. Yeah, so he's moving up them church leadership ranks, huh. baby. Well, the Nevsky Monastery, that reminds me of our last drunk episode on Alexander Nevsky. And Helena Blavatsky. A tale as old as time. It really is. <laughs> so Rasputin goes to St. Petersburg to meet this bishop, and while he's there, he meets a man named or known as Archimandrite Feofan. Oh, wow. Okay. Killer name. Yeah. Who just loves him. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) He even lets him stay in his house. Oh, wow. Now, this is no small deal, lad. Archimandrite Feofan is connected. With a name like that, how can you not be? Right? Yeah. (laughs) Hello, I'm Archimandrite Feofan. Well, hi there. I work for Webster Dictionary, and you're just too great for us, even. You know so, what? I kind of want to know the definition of Archimandrite. God. Any guesses? Ah, so the head of a large monastery or group of monasteries in the Orthodox Church. That was anticlimactic. Yeah, well, hey. He's connected. Sure. All right? sure. So Rasputin opens a LinkedIn profile and invites old Archimandrite Failfan to be a new connection. Nice. Sends a little note. Hey, we should be connected. <laughs> I'm a loser. Congrats on one year at your new job. <laughs> so anyway, he starts perusing <laughs> the Arky's profile, um, mm-hmm. sees that this man is connected to, wait for it, Tsar Nicholas II. Oh, now. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Our huh. boy is going to be a made man. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh, yeah. And he gets started right away. All right. Mm-hmm. He's like, all right. I'm like, one guy away from the czar, everybody, okay? <clears throat> and also, I'm a holy man, so I'm gonna make friends with all the czar's cousins and their wives. Okay. And uh, I thought their cousins were their wives. No, no, you ah, redneck shit. This asshole. is Russia. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the, the czar's cousins, uh, he gets to them through their wives who are known as the Black Princesses. 
Okay. Which um, is a badass name, I gotta say. Sure. And I wanted to go down a rabbit hole and start investigating that, but I really knew that Rasputin was gonna be a stay on target. Hard. Yeah, I gotta stay, stay on, on target. target. Yep, yep. Loosen I can't up. Shake him. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't long before the day finally came. You know, Rasputin's making friends with the Tsar's cousins. Yep. Um on the first of November, nineteen oh five. Here's Rasputin, the barbecue. Yep. Yep. Rasputin met the czar he's standing at the grill with a kiss the cook apron <laughs> they reach you know, like, for the same hamburger bun like oh uh, oh excuse me oh my and their eyes meet and it's just like it's just like you this... make me want to shout <laughs> <laughs> yep exactly oh wow yeah so the see czar... we make history come alive <laughs> we really <laughs> You know, so the czar just, like, stabs a hot dog with a double-pronged, like, mm. grill fork, <laughs> looks up and says, would you like mustard or ketchup? And Rasputin's <laughs> like, neither. I want Jesus. Oh, okay. No. So they actually, um, they actually just basically <laughs> meet at a function of some kind. And it must have been a hell of a meeting because Nicholas actually recorded it in his diary. It was like, oh. I met a very holy man today. Foreboding. Mm-hmm. But nothing comes of it right away, all right? Hmm. Nothing comes of it right away. And yeah. I'm going to tell you more about it, but I, I need another need another little drinky-poo. All right, well, should we, we got to toast something. Mm. Um, hmm. uh, Russian barbecues? We could do better than that. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's also a little ominous. Kulaks. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Uh, Ooh, lad. <laughs> hey, if you cut them up right, they still fit in a bun. It's okay. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Oh, okay. Let's let's drink to the kulaks. <laughs> okay, let's <laughs> yep. to the kulaks. Mm. Okay. Ugh. So, like I said, nothing really mm-hmm. comes of meeting Nicholas II right away. All right. Yep. In fact, Rasputin goes home for like a year and a half before returning to Saint Petersburg. Sure. So yeah, he like takes a year and a half off after meeting the Tsar. All right. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm listening, I swear. How you're blowing through these so fast, you can't be enjoying them. I know, we might have to pause and I might have to go drive and get some more. Are you kidding me? No, I'm, yes, yes, I am kidding you. I can't okay. drive. You know, my license was revoked. Right. Okay. okay. <laughs> Not that you care, jeez. <laughs> All right, so <clears throat> when uh, Rasputin comes back to St. Petersburg after taking a year and a half vacation mm-hmm. with the old wife, um... He, he comes back to St. Petersburg. Oh, shit, I've already said this. Anyway, he telegrams the Tsar, and he says, I want to give you a present, baby. Oh. So the Tsar's like, okay, cool, and has him over <laughs> mid-July 1906. Sure. And this is when the Tsar meets Tsarina Alexandra. And all of her kids, including a lad named Alexei. Oh, boy. Here we go. Yep. This gets no. the blood flowing. Oh, my God. <laughs> Have a little heart, man. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about Alexei and why James's joke was just wrong. <laughs> so Alexei is a big part of this story, mainly because he's sick as fuck. Mm-hmm. And not like sick in the fun way where you're dying of cancer. It's sick in the hemophilia way. Oh. Like this boy cuts himself on a sheet of paper and he will bleed out right there in front of you. Mm. And that's that's like an obvious way that hemophilia might end up end up killing you. Sorry. Um, You're excused. Had, I just had an existential crisis mid sentence. Yeah, well, we all do. It's it's a daily part of this podcast. It really is. <laughs> hey, you want to hear something fun? Sure. 
I'm doing this on an empty stomach. <laughs> so am I, kicking in. Oh. Alright, so... It's obvious that, like, getting cut will kill you if you have hemophilia. Yeah. But what you don't think about are internal injuries, right? Oh, God. Uh, like, this boy was riding in a carriage, and it hit a bump that was just a little too big, and bam, nearly dies. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so this kid is sick, uh, and he's sick for a really, really long fucking time. His whole life! Um, and nothing seems to be working to relieve his pain. Um, there are times when he's just weeping in agony, and his mom is oh. sitting there, and there's nothing she can do. It's horrible. Um, he's got two Navy, like, soldiers following him around, making sure he doesn't do anything life-threatening, like, you know, making a piece of toast or drinking water. Like, mm. almost anything could put this kid in massive agony and sudden death mode, right? Okay. Like, it sucks. Yeah. And then there's this Rasputin guy who's just there, and he's known for being a holy boy who can do miracles and cure people of diseases and things like that. So when Alexei starts hemorrhaging in his thigh and starts dying right there in the royal palace and the doctors can't do anything, no. the Tsarina des desperately sends a telegram to Rasputin telling him what's up. Hmm. And Rasputin writes back, <clears throat> God has seen your tears and heard your prayers. Do not grieve. The little one will not die. Do not allow the doctors to bother him too much. And a day later, Alexei began to recover. Jesus, where's McCarthy where we need him? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like a miracle, right? Mm -hmm. He basically says to her, he won't die. And then a day later, he's like, I feel better. Shit. Sure. Give her a burger. <laughs> so mom just loves this. She's like, oh my God, no doctor has been able to figure this out. We haven't been able to do like anything we can't even go to the water park and now mm. like we might be able to take him on the lazy river i mean what do you know, you know yeah <laughs> i mean yeah all of russia is just an inner tube uh, yeah i don't know where that joke how that makes sense as a joke but i'll just it's beyond you Let, let's just go <laughs> your beer beer number four james is you know like above my level mm -hmm. yep quattro makes the matro that's what i always say all right let's go <laughs> So, Mom loves this, and of course she does, because whether it was a miracle or not, in her mind, Rasputin had done her boy's something sake. Yeah. Mm -hmm. to make the pain stop for her young son. Mm. And just like that, Rasputin is in. Nice. So, the Tsar is like, we gotta have this guy around. So he puts Rasputin in charge of the palace lamps, which is a very cushy job. So, like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Say that the, the palace lamps? Yes. Okay. <laughs> He's like, he walks around and replaces the candles when they burn out, replaces the oil, lights them up again, you know. It's a really cushy job. All right, yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, all he's got to do is go around and keep the candles in front of the religious icons of burning, especially. Um, it's kind of a holy position. Hmm. Um, but, of course, this meant that he was going from room to room, and he was in the palace all the time. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Seeing everyone, talking with everyone, and building rapport with the staff and royal family. Hmm. And everyone knows he's kind of weird. I mean, he even looks like a weird dude. <laughs> really? Right, yeah. Um, so here's another thing. Okay, so Russian aristocracy at this time was largely doing what it is that aristocracies do, okay? Uh, this is not going to surprise kill the peasants? Not surprise you. Uh, sure. You were trying to make a joke. I'm sorry. But... No, I, I wasn't. I was actually guessing. But go ahead. Uh, yeah, or get. Okay, go ahead and guess. So aristocracies usually bloat, get lazy, kill peasants, and forget about ruling. Uh, yeah. 
But there's also another line to that that you okay. might not have thought of. So obviously, uh, they no, no, no. You don't have to keep guessing. I'm going right. to go. Oh, sure. Right. Thank you. <laughs> so obviously what they do is they fuck over the lower classes. Mm-hmm. They hunt. Mm-hmm. And they get really into super weird cults. <laughs> okay? This is yeah. true of the aristocracies in, in our nation today, right? Oh, yeah. Hashtag Michelle Obama. Let's go on. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm talking more about, like, Hollywood and Scientology and shit, mm, you know? Same thing, yeah. Like, there's weird cults that have, like, Bohemian Grove. Like, the aristocracy is always, like, doing this. Oh, yeah. Shit. They're like, yeah. oh, God, we're so above you. <laughs> we're going to mm-hmm. cast a magic spell. Right? They're crazy. <laughs> what is that voice? I'm one beer in. <laughs> I'm I'm really disappointed. It's a hey, it's a high ABV. You know I drink high ABVs. Yeah, two percent. It's yeah, it goes right to your head. Shut up. This has got to be at least seven percent. No way. It's got to be. Yep, seven point five. Damn it! Fuck you. <laughs> so yeah, aristocracies love their cult shit. All right, mm-hmm. and that's another thing is that rich people fucking love cults. Oh yeah, they fucking love them. They can't wait to get in. Um, so Rasputin is really not that out of place Mm -hmm. in the sense that people have like, I have a holy man in from the East and he's going to teach us all how to do yoga. And everyone's like, Oh my God. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's what it's like. Okay. Um, because I mean, what else, what else do wealthy people do when they become wealthy and powerful? (laughs) Yeah, they look true. for something to fill the void of meaning mm. in their lives. And yoga pants fill those that void, let me tell you. Yeah, yep, they sure do. No matter who you are, you can fit into a pair of yoga pants, and you should. So anyway, <clears throat> Rasputin is now a symbol of the aristocracy's boredom with wealth and power. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, um, well, I should just—I might as well just point this out. This actually takes us back to our last drunk episode, actually. Oh no. Um, and that idiot. Oh, oh fucking Sorry. hell. Oh, God. Contain yourself. I can't. It's just all of the the lower classes spilling through my mouth, <laughs> crying for justice. I'm trying to finish a thought here. Yeah, okay, last drunk episode. All right, last drunk episode, we talked about that idiotic popular movement uh, among the aristocracy known as Theosophy, which was started uh, by Helena yeah. Blavatsky. Mm. Yeah, so <clears throat> Theosophy is... Wow, I held that one in. Theosophy is big among the aristocrats, right? Oh, great. <laughs> um, it just is because, oh my god, I got nothing else to do but join a religion. Yeah. Fuck Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, could you just join a normal religion? Hmm. No, I'm gonna do yoga naked. Okay, <laughs> have fun. Oh jeez. Uh, All right, yeah, I'm, get, I'm, get, I'm getting up there. Jesus Christ. We went to Christian summer camp. There was no naked yoga there. There's a lot of yoga. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Woof. This is really hitting me. <laughs> Jesus. I feel like a lightweight. Last time we did this, you were the one who was like, Ooh. No, I had seven shots and two Mike's Hard Lemonades. Okay. That's true. That's true. I seven mean, shots? Yes. Did we really do seven? I don't know if, well, yeah, one for every part, and then we had one at the beginning, so seven parts, yeah. We did, like, half shots, though, right? No? I, Jesus I didn't. Christ, whoa. Yeah, that's why I barfed all over your parents' hardwood floor. God damn it, you didn't barf on the floor, you just spilled your Mike's Hard Lemonade. Though I'm not sure your barf would have looked any different. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we're talking about aristocracies and, uh, um... 
fucking cults. Yeah. So unlike the peasantry, <laughs> the royal family has the unique ability to not worry about whether or not their next meal or paycheck will come in in time. Right? Mm. Their continued existence is all but secure. So they think about other shit that only okay. they can dabble in. And Rasputin knows this. Hmm. But unlike the Tsar, who was generally seen as a decent man on his own, Rasputin is not a decent man. Hmm. He's really what you get when a poor, down-on-his-luck dude wins the lottery. Okay. Excess, debauchery, licentiousness, treachery, and one massive bill. Okay, so stop describing me and okay. talk you about You haven't won the lottery yet, though. <laughs> When that happens, we'll really see what you're capable of. <laughs> what do you call my marriage? I, I guess that's true. <laughs> uh, I'm going to not make those jokes. All right, so Rasputin <laughs> very quickly realized the power he had in simply being the candle attendant in the royal palace. Mm -hmm. He was higher on the Tsar and Tsarina's list than other church leaders simply by virtue of proximity and time. Need advice from a holy man? Why telegram the bishop when there's someone right there? Mm. Oh, and this man has healed your son of his hemophilia a few times. Yikes. This guy's got influence is what I'm trying to say. Sounds like it. But as images and stories begin emerging in the papers about this strange-looking man now nestled firmly in the power structure of the Tsar's household, public opinion begins to sour. Mm. Just who is this guy anyway? And what the hell is he doing in there? Well, and this is a time where the people are... They've got a lot of questions for the ruling class, right? So, right. having this bearded lamp herder <laughs> raise a lot of questions. Yeah, yeah. You're like, what the... F God damn it, is that five? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take your accusations elsewhere. I'm going to have to speed up. Jesus. All right. <laughs> So, the whole vibe changes also when it becomes known that Rasputin is a corrupted son of a bitch. Yeah. Um, the rumors that he was screwing around with his followers turned out to be true! Yeah. Um, and Rasputin is beginning to be known for accepting bribes as well. Okay. And on top of that, there are alleg allegations going around that Rasputin is involved in the occult. Oh, God. Yeah. Because he's saying weird shit. Hmm. Um, just weird shit. And he's hanging well, out with theosophists and, you know, yeah. what? What are you laughing at? Well, what does weird shit mean? Like, um, ah, oh, fuck, I should have written like, some I'm of I'm free down. speech. Oh, he must be a Satanist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, got it. Yeah. Except he, he can't get banned from Twitter. He owns mm. Twitter at this mm. point. Okay. <laughs> Um, and Rasputin, the man who swore off alcohol, is getting drunk at party, a uh, party, parters, parties, mm. and feeling up nearby women. Oh God! Okay. Um, and he's seducing some of them. Also, difference between he's he's feeling up some, seducing <laughs> others. All right. Well, potato, potato. According to him, it, there's no difference. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but he's doing this and saying, like, he like grabs your boob and he goes, "I can heal people." <laughs> That's what he says. Why does that work for him and not me? Uh, one, no one I don't would believe you could heal a person. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have hands. All right. Okay. So, um, 
So his behavior like this, like getting drunk and, you know, molesting women and things, like, none of this is a, is out when uh, Rasputin is around the royal family. Like, okay. you know, to him, to them, he just looks like a humble servant. Yeah. Buttoned when, up, not buttoned down. Right. They're like, you know, they, you know, when the word gets to the czar, the czar is like, huh, maybe I should just check this guy out. So Witch invest- hunt! Yeah, well, I'm not... S- what are you saying? <laughs> I don't know. These are real accusations. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that the czar is investigating. He's like, mm-hmm. we're going to just check this shit out. Yeah. Um, and he found out that there's some validity to them. He's like, oh, my God, this guy is actually, like, doing all this shit. We can't have this. So well, he, yeah. he does the sensible <laughs> thing and has Rasputin removed from the palace and sent back to his monastery. Okay, good, good choice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just kidding. Um, oh, the accusers just start kind of moving far away from St. Petersburg <laughs> uh, because Nicholas II is paying them or compelling them to move out of St. Petersburg. Okay, so not a lot in Russia changes. Yeah, and so people are like, hey, where, what the fuck is the Tsar doing about Rasputin? And then the people who are accusing just vanishing. Hmm. Disappearing. Oh, I moved to Siberia because I like the beach. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Um, but everyone knows, like, this is horseshit. They're like, what the fuck, man? Like, mm-hmm. this guy is terrible, and you just wiped his slate clean in front of everyone? Oh, God. This is not a good look for the czar. No. So, let's ask the honest question. Why would he do something like this? Uh, to keep the wife happy? Yes. Pretty much that. Really? Um, is it- oh, his, okay. He and his wife believe that this is the only man on the planet with the capability of healing their son. So if if Five Beers James is making the same uh, conclusions that Tsar Nicholas is, this is not going to end well for him. Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, okay, have a little sympathy, right? Um, I, yes. It, his son is in danger. He could die at any time. He's seen it almost happen, and the agony is just sure. growing. Yeah. Rasputin's the only guy who seems to be able to do anything about it. You know, fuck it. He felt some women up. He got drunk, you know, passed out naked in the streets. Like, whatever. Like, just make it go away. He's going to, he can save my son. Yeah. I mean, personally, I think the wise move would have been to have him imprisoned. <laughs> <laughs> right. That might have pissed off the wife, but at least he was still there. Then again, you probably couldn't compel him to heal your son if he was in prison. Look, yeah. it's it's the 1800s in Russia. You're gonna lose some sons. At well, least the- uphold justice as the czar. One, it's the early 1900s. And- Same thing! <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, it's like, but seriously, an accident could happen at any time. And what if something happened after Rasputin left? Mm-hmm. Like, the Tsarina would be severely traumatized. Oh. Um, there was some word that she often got in real danger of dying of grief should her oh, son Alexei Jesus. pass on to that great bottle of vodka in the sky. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, and on top, and just also, it's an aristocracy. It's a ruling class. They're not used to this kind of thing. Um, you know, Tsarina, the Tsarina loses a child. What does that do to the marriage? What does that do to the country? There's well, so much sure. yeah. there's so much power focused in there that one sort of trauma like that um could yeah. severely impact the the future of the nation. And um but on the outside when you're looking in you just you're just like this guy is such a fucking loser. Like he doesn't care about us. He's got this crazy priest like whispering into his ear. Mm-hmm. who's simultaneously being a complete asshole. Yeah. 
Why won't he get rid of him? You know, it's hard to see past that. So, anyway, I think that's the public's view of this. It does not look good. But at a certain point, it all gets to be too much. The Prime Minister of Russia literally writes up a tell-all document listing Rasputin's little scandals. And it's so bad, even the Tsar can't ignore it. Okay. So the Tsar's like, you gotta go. We're done. Yeah. Um, you've gotta get out of here. I don't care what the fuck you do. Just, you can't be here. But after a few months, um, Alexei has another accident. So, and he's gonna die. So the Tsar sends for Rasputin, and Rasputin comes back. Well, what can you do? I mean, it's your son. Your wife is weeping, you know, at the deathbed of your son. Just send for him. I don't care. Send for him. Sends for him. Weird. Breaks. You know, Rasputin comes back, and Alexei recovers. Hmm. And then what are you gonna do? You gonna throw him out again? It's like you can't do that. You might lose your only way to save your son. Yeah. So Rasputin's here to stay. Um, well, and then, then there's the religious element, too. Like, in the back of your mind is this nagging thought, well, maybe he is connected to the Lord, and we have it all wrong. Mm-hmm. Ugh. What a mess. Okay. On that thought, why don't you uh, say some words to the listeners while I go get beer number two? Sure. So, let's talk about penguins. The uh, The amazing thing about penguins is, well, there's so many. But they mate for life, and think about that. They mate for life, and all they have are these flippers on the side of their hands, or sides, the side of their sides. They're just flippers. But they mate for life. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to know. <laughs> Flippers, they mate for life. I don't want to know. We have to cover some biology, okay? I don't want to know about your flippers, James. It's not mine. It's uh, the Ubermensch. You mean that guy that drove me to the airport the other day? Did he have flippers? No, but he was Uber, and he was definitely a mensch. There should be, like, a, a premium version of Uber just called Uber Ubermatch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. So, <clears throat> the Rasputin's back, mm-hmm. and the Tsar is just like, fuck it. If he yeah. does anything, just keep him contained. If he does anything, don't tell me. You guys just take care of it. You know, I gotta take care of my wife and my son. Yeah. Uh, and there's one woman who's named Chionya Guseva, and she's a radical conservative. Okay. And she has heard enough of this shit. So yeah. she got herself a knife, went to Rasputin's home, waited oh. for him, and when he showed up, she runs up to him and stabs him. Okay. Like, I, in the I, street. <laughs> I understand that, though. Like, <laughs> sure. Well, think about it from a conservative point of view. Well, like, if you if you have this guy um kind of taken under the wing of the royal family and he's groping people and drinking and claiming he's a, yeah. a messenger from the lord. Yeah, you're going to stab the the bitch. <laughs> I I get that. I've done it, okay? <laughs> uh, that was a joke everybody. <laughs> we have to say that for legal purposes. <laughs> Uh, no, but, like, I get it. Like, if you think about it from a conservative point of view, it's my traditional church is being represented to yes. the world Yep. by a licentious drunk. Yeah. 
not cool. And she's like, fuck it. I'm going to stab him. Like, oh, yeah. kill them all. God will know his own. <laughs> like, uh, okay. Yeah. I'll begin Zian on him, but sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so this woman who stabbed him, and by the way, he almost dies from this. Like, she got a good hit in. <laughs> like, yeah. Definitely waited for that full charge on the sword in Minecraft. Yeah, yep. 94 point damage. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He He's had to eat, like, a pork six. chop. Yeah. Um, they saved him with surgery, uh, which is amazing because surgery was, you know, pretty primitive back then. Yeah, it was basically a hacksaw and a blindfold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the woman uh, was actually spared the noose. Hmm. Uh, they determined they she was insane. Uh, so she, she was actually spared. So that's okay. okay. Uh, Rasputin recovered, uh, but his near death experience caused him to start drinking more. Hmm. It was perhaps because of this that his brashness began to increase. Oh God. Okay. Nonetheless, he continued to gain power and influence within the Royal family right up to, oh, oh my God. What? Oh my God, James! Oh God! Do you know what time it is? I, I don't actually. It's time for world. <laughs> no, war? don't say it. No one. Yes, we are finally here. Germany's invading Belgium. France is getting worried. Dan Carlin is having a stroke. It's all happening right here, right now. So let's uh let's briefly talk about World War One from the Russian perspective. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> so we have a little teeny tiny bit of context. The bodies get ever higher. Yes. Russia's military, as usual, is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> For sixty years leading up to World War One, Russia has done fuck all militarily. Well, we've got seven guys and a spoon. Well, split it between them and send them in. Yep, literally though. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, Germany, Britain, France, and other leading nations have just been kicking ass left and right. Sure. These lands have all the scars and backbone of a militarized and highly effective fighting nation. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Each one individually. Fighting yep. nations. But Russia... Wisconsin. <laughs> Not Wisconsin, I'm sorry. <laughs> Russia's a little bit like Wisconsin, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Except no cheese. Um, for better or for worse, Russia has not been involved in wars... Like, not that much, anyway. Mm-hmm. But it does, however, have the largest army on the planet. Okay, define army, though. Uh, five million men. Oh, Capable oh, wow. of mobilization. Not even... Yeah. Wow. But here's the problem. It literally didn't have enough rifles for all five million. Right. They couldn't build them fast enough. Um, and as World War One was starting to become, like, an inevitability, and people saw it coming, like, ten years away at least. They were like, yeah. something's gotta, you know, something's gotta give. A powder keg. You know, and everybody's, you know, doing this arms race. We're like, all right, we gotta buy the best weapons, license the best weapons. Get them out there, get them out there. Yeah, I haven't seen arms this big since Michelle Obama. Oh my god, that's your second Michelle Obama joke. <laughs> um... So, yeah, so, um, doesn't have enough rifles, and this was during the Tsar's rule, um, mm-hmm. not during the communist rule, you know, that we usually think of, the communists don't have any weapons. Yeah, it's partially the Tsar's fault that they don't have any weapons, or maybe yeah. two, you know. It's maybe a good thing that they don't have all the weapons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, we imagine the communists fighting with, like, sharpened broomsticks and broken bottles. Um, That's Harry Potter. Well, it's Harry Potter, but it's also the Russian Civil War. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> um... 
And of course, remember the the army was divided, if you know, after World War One, after Russia left World War One mm-hmm. um, into two sides, the white and the red army. Yep. Um, so anyway, in August 1914, when everything is going to hell in a handbasket and countries are just joining the war left and right, they're like, hey, we're, we're kind of allied with this guy, so we got to fight too. And everyone's like, oh, cool. And then like 20 other countries do it. And it's like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> like, <laughs> let's go, man. Let's go. It's going to be a big brawl. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to take a drink. Mm. Damn, that's good water. All right. <clears throat> uh, so, Jesus, you okay? Yeah. You sounded like you died. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just realizing all the dead soldiers of World War One. I. I remember them. Okay. Yeah, I know. You were there. I I'm was. sorry, buddy. I know yeah. this is hard for you. Well, they weren't that tasty, so it's okay. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, Tarare. So, <laughs> Russia invades East, East Prussia and starts pressuring the Germans, okay? Because Russia's, you know, they're against the Germans. They're like, eh, fuck you. We don't like you. We're going to mm-hmm. fight you, even though we don't have enough guns for our men. Yeah. And for the first months of the war, the Germans and their allies spend most of their time fighting the Russians just to keep them at bay. Because okay. they're more focused on the Western Front. You know, they're like, we got to get to France. And, you know, Russia, what the fuck? Like... Leave us alone. You know, they throw a couple guys over there and the Russians are like charging them with their, you know, boxing gloves and, you know, lightsabers from Target. Like, exactly. They got nothing. So it's like, all right, just keep them at bay. And of course, Germany is one of the most powerful military forces in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Listen to our Bismarck episode. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, But as as the war progresses, the Russians are really showing that they aren't complete and total failures as an army. Really? Yeah, and this is largely because they just have the most manpower, which is yeah. clearly vital. Um, not everybody needs a rifle, right? No, if you you're... can just World War Z their ass. Well, <laughs> not everybody needs a rifle because you got supply trains, you got people in communication, you know, like, there's plenty of positions to fill with five million men, mm. right? If you can get enough rifles to the front line just to, you know, do some shit, but you have a really good infrastructure behind the scenes, like, you're going to do okay, right? Yeah. So, and of course, Germany is stretched thin because now they're fighting a war on two fronts. Supply lines are, like, the key to winning mm-hmm. a war. And, you know, it's getting really hard. Yeah. Um, so in 1915, Germany realized that the Russians are actually going to be kind of a fucking problem. <laughs> so they transport a huge number of soldiers from the Western Front over to the Eastern Front. They're like, all right, okay, we got to take this seriously. We're going to fight a two-front war. We're going to have to do it. All right? Mm-hmm. So send everybody out. Um. And in typical German fashion, they don't just hold off and defeat the Russians. Like, they go into Poland and make a beeline for the motherland. And in the meantime, Russia is on the offensive with the Turks and are receiving requests to push even harder against the Germans because the Western Front is getting so bad that the Allied powers need the Germans to transfer even more people from the Western Front to the Eastern Front Hmm. in order to relieve some of this pressure. Because if they lose the Western Front, you know, that's almost everybody except Russia. So it's like, Russia, send some guys over. We got to hang on to this, right? Yeah. So this comes in the form of what's called the Brusilov Offensive, where the mm. Russians end up killing and capturing over a million Austrian soldiers. Okay, so like 10 Germans. Um, no. It's worth... Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a funny joke. Ubermensch. All right. <laughs> they didn't have that doctrine yet, okay? We're not in World oh, War II. Okay, sorry. All right. So things are going great for the Russians. Yeah. But then, on International Women's Day, 
1917. 90,000 angry factory working women throw down their tools and go into the streets. Shit. From the czar's point of view, this was, they couldn't have seen this coming because they were so far away from it thinking about their aristocracy and theosophy and I've got to get my cult started. Like that kind of shit. Yeah, but if you forget about Tumblr. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, don't don't ever forget Tumblr. Mm -mm. Um, So... These women are pissed off, okay, because their fathers, brothers, husbands, boyfriends, and sons are dying by the millions in this pointless, shitty war. Yeah. They're working, they are working overtime for almost no pay. They're yeah. losing fingers and eyes to heavy machinery and malfunctions, eh. and they're also starving. So, hey, you're in, a, you're in a factory, you lose an arm. What do you do? Eh, what do you do for back. those, what do you do for those, <laughs> fuck you, what do you do for those three kids at home? You throw uh, down your tools and you go protest against the czar. Sure. Right? I mean, it's just, it's what happens. It's the American dream. So the very next day, 150,000 more. Not more, yeah. but total. So we wow. got 60,000 men joining those 90,000 women. Yeah. Um, Petrograd was deadlocked. Nobody was working. The police were siding with the protesters. Well, sure, they're probably... They're hungry members. too, damn yeah. it. Tsar <laughs> Nicholas, and meanwhile, Tsar Nicholas II was cavorting, cavorting about with all his royal pomp <laughs> in the company of a crazy wizard who was now the Tsarina's advisor. So Merlin is leading a parade. Right. While all of Tumblr is watching. Mm. It's not going to go well. Hey, okay. So the Tumblr joke's cute and all. Mm-hmm. But these are working women. Like these mm-hmm. are these are women who have given up everything for this guy, and he's out Absolutely. there in his car driving along, waving, you know. And then there's Rasputin just sitting there, you know. And everybody knows he's just he's just fucking along for the ride. And there's probably there's probably honestly a little bit of resentment toward Rasputin because he's a peasant in a high place. Yeah, just he's giving fucking in. around. Well, and he's not only fucking around; he's fucking them. He's fucking the peasants. Like, this is the man incarnate of oppression. Yeah. In so it's many like, ways. It's 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 like the top ten anime betrayal or something like <laughs> right. that. It's well, like number one on that list. Well, Nicholas II, he might be a... He's just inept while, while as... Um, who are we covering? Rasputin. Um, Rasputin. While Rasputin is actually an oppressor. Right. Yeah. Well, and a, and a, and a traitor. Don't mm-hmm. lose that. He's a mm. traitor. He's a peasant. Yeah. And he's in there acting like he owns it. Like, fuck off. And he's he's so and so religious, or mm. as he says. Like, oh, oh, yeah. I mean, peasants have one thing. Mm-hmm. Like, hope. Mm. And faith, that's yeah. Faith. Hope and faith. And it's letting them down. And then yeah. somebody comes along with a little red book and says, there's another way. Mm. Yep. There's another way. And all you have is that hope. All you have is that faith. Where are you going to send it? If not to the church, where Rasputin is the head of the church in Russia, basically. Hmm. He's he's the icon of the church in Russia. Where are you going to go? You're going to go to the communists, because yeah. they're there waiting. And they're ready. So, <laughs> um, I might have gotten a little ahead of myself there. I hope I don't repeat myself too much here. But, um... Anyway, so it's not like Nicholas II was, like, the big, big bad guy right now, and his wife was just kind of there. Um, no. Nicholas 
believing that Rasputin had a vision. Okay, okay. Oh my God. Let me back up just a second. Yep. Rasputin claimed he had a vision of Russia being defeated unless Nicholas II took complete command of the army. Oh, that's always good. Yeah. He had to take full command of the army and send those boys to die in an offensive that, while it was the greatest Russian victory in the entire war, ultimately did not benefit the people of Russia. Mm. And while he was doing that, when he was off being, you know, playing, you know, Chuck Norris on the front lines, <laughs> he goes, all right, um, I'm going to give complete control to my wife. Hmm. And she's going to have complete control over the domestic policy in Russia. Oh, dear. And Which who was his wife loyal to? Exactly. Rasputin. Yeah. And that did oh, not God. look fucking good to the angry people in the streets who were starving and had lost. Uh -uh. lost. Yeah. Uh, they're paying the bill right now. And they're looking mm. over and they're like, you left your wife in charge? She's she's like compromised. There's a crazy wizard telling her what to do. Mm. So at the beginning of the war, Rasputin had volunteered to go bless the army in the name of God. Oh, but, thanks. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Rasputin. <laughs> um, but the commander-in-chief, Grand Duke Nicholas, swore he would hang Rasputin if he even tried it. I like that guy. Yeah, like that's a little bit of integrity right there. Yeah. Um, so Rasputin used the Tsarina to increase his power over the aristocrats, hmm. um, who were so out of touch with them, with what was really going on, um, that propaganda began to get more and more geared against them. Hmm. Mainly because everybody on the ground who was starving and working their asses off for this war were the ones paying the price in blood and grief. All right. While the Tsar and Tsarina were believing in magic and making decisions based on the so-called visions of a drunk sexaholic theosophist. Right. Our podcast. Yes. Revolution was the only answer. This had to stop. The absurdity of it all was far too much. Hmm. But I'm not talking about the revolution. Okay. The communist revolution is beginning, but that's hmm. the czar's problem. I'm talking about a revolution within the ranks of the czarists, hmm. who have also had enough of this. You see, hmm. the people were done with all this czar shit. Well, like, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and when they had thrown down their tools, the communists were there waiting with open arms. Like, But most of the czarists are also not happy about what's happening either. It's not just the communists who are pissed off. Everybody's yeah. pissed off. Right. Right? They're upset with the leadership for the exact same reasons. The difference between the czarists who are resisting and the communists who are also resisting is just that they think there's different solutions. Hmm. The czarists are like, hey, we just need a new fucking czar. Like, yeah. this can go on, but we need somebody with a little bit of balance who has a backbone. Yeah. Who doesn't, like, let his wife, who is compromised, run domestic policy while he goes off and plays hero. Mm. Right? We need a new guy who's, like, gonna be here for the people. Um, but, yeah, the difference between these two groups is that one has mass power in sheer numbers, and the other is a smaller group of separatists within the monarchy that has power and rank, influence, and personal connection. Yeah, and they have that label monarchy on them no matter what they do. Right, right. So, like, all, like they have power, the people have power, they're working together, they're done <clears throat> with this shit. All right? Yeah. They're not really working together, but they they would like the same end. This shit's gotta stop. Like, yeah. if communism's the way, it's communism. If, if czarist resist, resistance is the way, it's czarist resistance. Communism won, of course, but at this point, it was like, we've had enough of this hmm. shit. So there's a guy, and his name is Prince Felix Yusupov, hmm. and he's an extremist conservative and the richest man in Russia. Okay, so three potatoes. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> 
God. All right, I'm taking a drink for that one. <laughs> I'll, I'll have you know, I had... I, I kept this a secret. I lied to you. I had three shots of whiskey before. Right before. You're lying. I'm not. Oh, this is a drunk episode after all. I am... I'm flying on Aladdin's carpet right now. I will tell you if you do anything too stupid, okay? Okay. All right, so you don't worry about it. You just be you, and I'll tell you if we have to mark it, okay? Sure. Okay, Okay. buddy. (laughs) (sighs) So Felix Yusupov, extreme conservative, richest man in Russia, Mm -hmm. he's known for being a majorly privileged guy. I mean, I wonder why. Sure. He refused to enlist in the army. Okay. <laughs> um, when World War One came around, he's like, "Nah, I'm just not gonna do it." And they're like, "Okay, I guess this conscription paper can just go in the furnace here." <laughs> he instead, he instead chose to do the um, the most useful thing you could possibly do, which is nothing at all. <laughs> he's kind of a legend of the useless bastard trail, in fact. <laughs> Um, deciding, though, that this is the one thing he's going to do that's going to matter, he gets together with the Grand Duke Dmitry Pavlovich and a right-wing politician named Vladimir Poroshkevich okay. and forms a conspiracy to kill the figurehead of this whole bullshit named Rasputin. Yeah. So, <clears throat> Rasputin is just kind of doing his thing. He's watching the world go to hell in a handbasket, but he doesn't care. He's got unlimited alcohol and women at his, at you know, within his mm-hmm. reach. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to have to drag him out of the palace, right? Like, that's Uh-oh. how far it's going to have to go. He's going to be fine. He's going to be like, meh, I'll just maybe flee, take a couple of handles of whiskey with me, you know, I don't know, sure. or vodka, whatever. Um, so he's just doing his thing, drinking heavily and playing grab ass with the servants in the palace. Okay. Um, when Yusupov shows up and he's like, hey, Rasputin, you want to come over, come over and meet my wife? Hmm. Um... There's some speculation that he also said that she was interested in, like, having sex with him. Uh, oh. Yeah. Oh that's a, not, that's a fun conversation. Yeah, like, my <laughs> wife's really into you, dude. Why don't you come over and just get it done? Like, I'll give you dinner or whatever. But Oh, wife, yeah, that can't be a trap. Well, and on top of it, it's like Yusupov is an extreme conservative. Like, hell, mm-hmm. he's going to say something like that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Rasputin's like, okay. The good news is that Yusupov's wife is actually out of town. Mm-hmm. Um, but Rasputin doesn't know, so he's like, shit, yeah, I'll meet your wife and maybe seduce her later. I'll be right over. Yeah. Now, from here on out, this story is disputed. Okay. Rasputin arrives, and you can just see this scene, all right? He's, like, he's like at Yusupov's house, and Yusupov is just, like, trying not to crack up. He's like, <laughs> he doesn't know we're going to kill him. <laughs> Been there, yeah. yeah. So Rasputin is, like, wondering where the hell Yusupov's wife is. And Yusupov is just lighting a candle and pouring a glass of wine for Rasputin. Mm-hmm. And Rasputin just starts eating cake and drinking wine. And Yusupov is not eating and he's not drinking. And Rasputin is kind of like, bruh. Why? <laughs> yeah. Like, you would think he'd be like, why? But no, he just keeps eating. Oh, no, no, no. Hey, <laughs> it's, it's really cake. good cake. <laughs> yeah, this is like chocolate ice cream cake. And as he's munching away, Yusupov is like, oh, fuck. He's kind of panicking. Why? Because guess what? It's all poison to hell. Like, uh, oh. everything on that table is just packed with potassium cyanide. <laughs> it's not just like it's laced with cyanide. It's like made with cyanide. Like, there's a recipe. <laughs> like, it's, it's a cyanide cake. <laughs> two tablespoons of cyanide, one tablespoon and of flour. baking soda. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Leave overnight. And, yep. Yep. <laughs> cool it in the windowsill. <laughs> um, so Yusupov is, like, watching this guy, and he's like, 
oh my god, like, I know he's eating tons of cyanide right now. Huh. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> he's just standing there sweating bullets. And Rasputin's just like, um, he just looks up and he says, my head is heavy and I have a burning sensation in my stomach. Yeah, I wonder what that could be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he just goes on eating. For two and a half hours! <laughs> <laughs> so at a certain point, Yuzhapov is like, fuck this! So he runs yeah. upstairs. Now he's just impressed. He's like, like <laughs> maybe we shouldn't try to kill him. Well, but- and poison aside, eating cake for two and a half hours, that's a lot of cake. Like, that's impressive even for you. Yeah, for sure. And I ate over 60 chicken nuggets in less than 20 minutes once. Oh, did you really? Yeah. What? When? I have it on video, too. You do? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Can you send me that, like, right now? Uh, I I have to find it, but yeah. okay, okay. Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. So... So, so Yusupov is like, oh my fuck, this is so bad. Like, <laughs> he's poisoned, we don't know what's gonna happen, you know, his brain might be rotting right now, I've gotta kill him. <laughs> sure. So he runs upstairs, where his co-conspirators are waiting with a revolver. He mm-hmm. takes it, goes back downstairs, jumps out in front of Rasputin, and record scratch. <laughs> Rasputin's just holding a chunk of cake, and he just drops it. You know, yeah. icing still stuck to his fingers, and he's like... Yusupov, why? <laughs> yep. And Yusupov wipes his forehead and cocks the revolver. Oh. And he says, Better take a look at that crucifix and say a prayer. Okay. And he, like, looks at the crucifix on the table and he kind of waits a second. And Rasputin is, like, stock still. He's not even licking the icing off of his fingers. He just, what a waste. He just sighs and he's like, You're making a mistake. But before he can finish, Yusupov fires a shot right through Rasputin's chest, and he collapses to the floor. And the co-conspirators hear the shot, and they're like, all right, let's go. Time to roll, boys. And they rush downstairs. (laughs) It's done. They're like, there's a guy on the floor. He's dead. This is great. But they have to cover it up, okay? Uh, Okay. They have to make it look like it. Couldn't have died here. You know? Because, like, honestly, the czar would have their heads for this shit. Well, put it in his icing-covered fingers. The gun, that is. That's a good idea. But yeah. they're not that smart. So they okay. come up with a more more uh, complicated plan than is necessary. Right. Um, they jump in a car, and one of them is wearing Rasputin's coat and hat. They drive to his house, hmm. and they make sure... Th- <laughs> I'm not fucking around. This is real. <laughs> okay. So they make sure that someone sees what looks like Rasputin returning home, return home. <laughs> they're like, hey, look, look over there. Is that Rasputin yeah. I see? Oh, man. Hey, Raspy. He waves, doesn't turn his face, just mm-hmm. goes into the house. And... He's wearing a trench coat and a turban, but it must be him. <laughs> <laughs> so they do this, and then they go back to Yusupov's house. Mm-hmm. And Yusupov goes to the basement alone to examine the body. Mm-hmm. And that's when Rasputin pulls the old oh, switcheroo oh, oh, no. and leaps up from the floor, grabs Yusupov by the neck. Possessed by the devil himself and no roaring like kidding. a monster. Just roaring at him. Think of how terrifying that is. Rasputin is a big man and he's packed oh full of cyanide God. and a bullet. Oh, I mean, okay, I've never, I've been physically accosted, like, 
two or three times in my life. One time a guy shoved me because I accidentally took his place in line somewhere. Um, Prison. And it was, like, scary. It was like, oh, my God, like, where's this going to go? Yeah. Because, like, that that's a long story. There were two spots open at the register, and I took one of them, and he thought I cut him. And I was like, hey, there's another spot. And he's like, I don't care. And he shoves me, and he's got, like, a face tattoo. Mm. Like, I thought I was, like, something could really go bad. Um, yeah, but then your brother came to his senses, and it was all worked <laughs> out. Yeah. He's, I'm like, I'm like, shit, are you Sith psychopath? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> like, hey, buddy. We hugged it out. You know, it's cool. Yeah. Um, but for the time, before I knew it was Sith psychopath, um, like, I felt, I felt really scared. But here's the thing. The guy was, like, a couple inches shorter than me. Now, imagine uh-huh. that you've got a super tall Russian hairy man. Yeah. Who is, like... The, the owner of the czar and his wife, you shot him, poisoned him for two and a half hours. You go into the basement. He's just been waiting for you. He leaps up, grabs your throat, roaring, not screaming, roaring. It's like, God damn it. Can you imagine that feeling? It happened a few times to me. Yeah. God. Well, I believe it with you, but. <laughs> so Yusupov promptly shits himself. Sure. Uh, fights off the drunk, poisoned, shot man of mystery <laughs> and runs upstairs. But Rasputin is chasing him. Oh my god. Screaming oaths and curses, just bleeding through his shirt, looking oh. to kill this do nothing conservative dick. Oh my god. Yeah. Rasputin oh. reaches the courtyard where Purishkovich is waiting with a pistol. Mm-hmm. He shoots this angry creature one more time. Rasputin falls into a snowbank, and they didn't shoot him for a third time, oddly enough. I would have double-tapped, you know, yeah. after that. You've got that six-chambered machine. Just <laughs> just crank it one more yeah. time and fire. Yeah. Right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally wanted to make sure he was... I, I would want to make sure he was dead. Like That's that's when you did the old pike on the... Or uh, head on the pike trick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you go full out here. Mm-hmm. Mm. Sorry. Had to get a little more beer in there. Oh, yeah. Two tablespoons. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Man, I'm so drunk right now. Yeah. So, anyway. They roll him up in a carpet, drive to the Malaya Nevco River, and drop him in. Sure. Well, reports come out that Rasputin's gone missing. <laughs> <laughs> but the public immediately figures out what happened. They're like, yeah, what did he think? He was going to get away with that shit? <laughs> Right. Um, so they go looking for him, and a couple of laborers found some blood near the river, and they found a discarded boot. Hmm. And Rasputin's body was then discovered downriver about 200 meters. Hmm. All right. And there are reports that during the autopsy, water was found in Rasputin's lungs, which some people say proves that he had indeed still been alive when the conspirators threw, the conspirators threw him into the drink. Wow. Um, but those have been debunked. Uh, sadly, because that would have added another layer of incredible batshit to this batshit story. Okay, I didn't actually know that. Um, yeah, so... <clears throat> Rasputin was buried near a small church, um, but was exhumed mere months later and burned after Tsar Nicholas finally gave up and abdicated. And Rasputin's wife, way back in Pokrovskia... <laughs> She's still around! <laughs> she was not invited to the funeral... <laughs> Oh, oh. So Rasputin as a figure mm-hmm. may have allowed 
Soviet Russia to even exist because mm. he wanted to get drunk and play grab ass. Wow, he's the greatest communist of all time. <laughs> For real, though. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it wasn't totally his fault, but he was like, he was another domino. Maybe a very large domino. It's not your ass, it's our ass. Can you imagine, though, if Rasputin had never made it out of his village? Like, if he hadn't had that vision, what might have mm. become of Russia? It's very possible that Alexei would have just died. And then the Tsarina would have been heartbroken, but there wouldn't have been anybody saying, Hey, Tsar Nicholas, take command of the army. Yeah. The generals, like that one guy, that uh, commander-in-chief who said, no Rasputin, might have been in charge, right? Mm. Mm -hmm. It's almost impossible to calculate the effect this guy has had on the world we have today. It's crazy. Mm. And he was just some peasant with a cassock and a big frickin' beard. Well, hey, we've got that. Cool. Is that you? What? Cassock and a big frickin' beard, that's you, right? Yeah. Okay, just wanted to make sure. Mm -hmm. So that's that's what I have for Rasputin. Thank you, Ryan, for making this recommendation. I have been wanting to do Rasputin forever, and I finally got to do him, thanks to you. Mm -hmm. uh, probably would have done him anyway <laughs> at some point, <laughs> of course. Um, but I got to do him earlier because Ryan was like, hey, do Rasputin. I'm going to poison your cake. Yep. Yeah. And so that's that. That's that. So before we close out, I want to finish my beer. Is this number one? No, this is number two. Wow. I'm actually pretty tipsy right now. I This... I... Oh. This thing kicked my ass. Oh. What? Two beers? No, they're like 7.5%. That's a big deal, right? Yeah, I mean, if you're Stalin. All it is is it's, it's just good news for me. <laughs> because <laughs> the last time we did this, I had seven shots and I held it together. <laughs> And now I've had, like, a beer and three quarters of one, and I'm like, oh, I love Yeah, I feel stupid. You're doing better, buddy. I'm doing better. Yeah. I'm Onwards doing... and upwards. Onwards and, and upwards. But I am going to drain the less. Okay, I've got, like, a third of this thing left. I'm going to I'm gonna drain it. Well, you got to make a toast. I'm oh, done. Yeah. I've had three shots and five beers. Oh, my God. But you make a toast. <laughs> you fucking degenerate. <laughs> hey, you know what? I mean... I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't even... The whole point, the whole point was to get drunk, so you're yeah. good. You're better than me anyway. Right. All right, so I'm going to raise my can. It's a can. Yes, right? it's a can. Fuck it's you. A... <laughs> Juicy Hayes IPA comes in a can. All right. All right. What shall we drink to? I think, one, we should drink again to Ryan. Mm -hmm. But we should add something else. Perhaps to Rasputin for giving us the batshit world we have today. Thank you, Raspy. Here's to Raspy. Oh, Raspy. Now, is it odd that Putin is in the word Rasputin? Oh, sorry, I had to drain my beer. It's not a proper drunk episode unless you do something like that. Yeah, two cans. Fuck you! <laughs> <sighs> Two cans at 7.5% is no joke, especially drunk in the course of an hour and a half. All right. I mean... I can go get another one. No, it's okay. It's okay. Is it not a drunk episode unless I do? Ask Ryan. You know, call I, him up. I can't call him. I don't have his number. Uh, He's a cool guy, though. Yeah. 
my but you God. did you did say you had three beers, so I think it's only fair if you if you down Trace Biro. All right, I'm gonna go get it. Oh, I'm gonna get a stomach ache. But okay, you're gonna. Okay. W- will you mark this and entertain the listeners? Are you gonna shotgun your last Guinness? I already have. <laughs> you're you're you drank all six. Yes. Holy God! All right, hold up. I'll be right back. Ugh. Ugh. Hi, everybody. My name is Aaron, and my stomach is as strong as a pinata. Not very strong. I I will drink two cans of beer, maybe three. Three cans of beer. Yay! So, I, I'm going to chug this when we get to the, the surface, okay? Not, I'm not going to drink this last one in the history lab, all right? Mm-hmm. So, shall we head to the surface? Yeah. Okay! What the fuck was that? Yeah, it's just the natives upstairs. Are you serious? Yeah. Are they watching cartoons? Okay. So, James. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are you going to do for the rest of the day? Well, there's not much of the day left. And I have to go to work in 12 hours, so... You're going to be fine. Come on. Well, I'm driving a truck, so... Oh, Jesus. We put <laughs> lives in danger. We <laughs> have... <laughs> So, uh, I'm going to buy life insurance the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. Great idea. What about you? I'm going to slam this beer. God help me. I'm not shutting off this recording until you do. God help me. Okay, here we go. This is is the college life, man. I remember these days. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I haven't done this in a long, long Mm, time. Three beers. Oh, yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> They're strong. I am weak. I haven't eaten anything. Come on. Have a heart. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Mm. Before I start, you should totally, like, say things while I do this because it's going to take a little while. Oh, jeez. Okay. When the saints go marching in. When the saints go marching in, well, Rasputin was a good guy, and we cheered for him, just kidding. Ugh. Really? What? What? You're a great friend. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? You are... (laughs) But you're always there for me. <laughs> oh, we're going to get into the real talk now that we're both a little bit blasted. Do you believe in the afterlife? Uh, do I? This is the afterlife. Let's this... cut the crap. Okay, I hear you opening another beer. <laughs> well, man. what's another beer among friends? <laughs> I-, I thought you only had six. You said you drank all. <laughs> eh, there were some under my bed. I pulled them out. Oh, my God. You never know what they're hiding. You never know. <laughs> nope. Oh, it's like shit. the Viet Cong. They just pop out and scalp you. Yep. 
(laughs) (laughs) They don't scalp you. How do you know? Were you there? No. I just I rest my case. (laughs) Uh, Well, I think it's time to bring the show to an end for today. If after all that bullshit... You discover that you hate us. Consider consider funding the show <laughs> by becoming a patron on Patreon.com. Or if Patreon is not your thing. Well, I can't even tell people to do this. Digital tip jar is shutting down. Oh. Um, but yeah, Patreon's the only way currently to give to us. Unless you yep. do Venmo. In which case, that's um, WTADP on Venmo. WTADP. But, yep. Yep. <clears throat> we don't expect <clears throat> tips or anything like that, but they're always we do not. they're always nice. Um, yes. So interruption. Just, what? Interruption. Stop interrupting me. Stop interrupting me. Interrupt. Knock knock. Who's there? Interrupting cow. Come back with a warrant. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Our cover art was created by Ian Patterson of Ian Patterson Illustration. You can view more of his wonderfully whimsical work at www.ipattersonillustration.com. With all that being said, we'll close out and let the sounds of Rasputin drinking wine play you out. Chug your beer, James. I already did. I'm done. Are you kidding? (laughs) No. You're kidding. Come on. No, I'm not. You chugged that thing while I was talking? Yeah, it's gone. It's gone. Oh my god. This is terrible. (laughs) How? Why? Just because I'm 24 on a Friday night. You're 24? Yeah. Oh, I forgot I was older than you. (laughs) Yeah, you're my mentor, sir. How do you feel? I feel like... Three beers was plenty. <laughs> mm, okay. Well, that's Jesus funny. Christ. Hey, do you want to, like, l- let this go and talk for, like, 20 minutes or something? Let it go, Indiana. Let it go. Do you, you want to do that, or? We called the dog, Indiana. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that nearly killed me. <laughs>